This interview is made possible by Black Pearl Marketplace and Area Magazine. This special interview is the questions, conversation before the article. You get a chance to listen in and hear what was asked, how it was asked, and see if the article does best in the print-by-demand copy of Area Magazine. Next, none other than Bruce George. We're going to say Peabody Award winner. We're going to say the founder of Genius is Common. And we're going to say co-founder of Jeff Jam Poetry from HBO. And so with that being the case, that's his headlines. He's going to hold to it, but we have to add poet, visionary, a whole bunch of other things. So, Bruce, why don't you just share what's been going on in your life? And by the way, thank you for last night with the freedoms of words. That was powerful. But just give me let's just go straight in on the on the conversation. Tell us about Genius is Common and let's kind of weave a bunch of things together. It sounds very um, first of all, I want to thank you uh, for blessing me to be interviewed with you now. I want to thank your listeners for listening in. Uh, I want to thank you yesterday for an amazing um, show that you had me a part of, uh, the Black Marketplace. So thank you very much for that. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, a little bit about myself. I'm a love of God. I'm a child of God. My work is my ministry. I'm a social activist. Um, I was born in Harlem, raised in the Bronx. I lived in Brooklyn. For over 15 years, I'm a New Yorker to the umpteenth percentile. And um, I'm a firm believer that your work is your ministry. Um, I'm right brain and left brain, but I'm classic right brain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I specialize in psychology, philosophy, classic literature, neurolinguistic programming, metaphysics, body language, the law of attraction. I specialize in power. I'm a wordsmith, word engineer, and a master quotologist. Um, every nanosecond, I'm covered around the world. Thousands of my own quotes, and the quotes that I have the memory of others is staggering. It's not because of who I am, it's because of whose I am. Mm. It's not such, such things as extraordinary people, it's ordinary people that do things extraordinarily well. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer in Christ. You know, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and my life has not been the same. Mm. Every single day is like, this is the day that the Lord made. I rejoice and I'm glad in it. Mm, and, uh, I just love being educated and I love educating people. You know, um, as God says in the Bible, knowledge is a defense, right? You know, and uh, knowledge is power, especially when it is applied. And so, um, yeah, I just, I love what I do. I'm, I'm the founder of the Genius is Common movement, um, which actually got started for one of my quotes. It's an anti-elitist movement where... The GSC movement basically is about taking the elitism out of the word genius. And it got started from one of my quotes because we'll go around the country and I would ask the youth, when you hear the word genius, what image comes to mind? Mm-hmm. And then I would say Einstein or a light bulb. And every now and then I would get a Jordan and that troubled me. And I said, you know what, let me write a quote about that. And the quote is, notwithstanding Einstein, genius is coming. And then mm-hmm. I turned into the slogan, genius is coming, between into an entire movement. As we speak, we have a presence in all 50 states, 15 countries, with 30 ambassadors and growing. Mm. Mm. Uh, we have a presence in Jamaica, Barbados, Ghana, Kenya, Dubai, Norway, Nigeria, the UK, Canada, the Bahamas, St. Lucia. We're about to have a presence in the Dominican Republic, Panama, 
Are you talking to the heaven of charters, everything, and I own everything, I own the trademark, I own the copyright, and I own your Facebook group administrator, because you have to keep this close to the belt. Mm-hmm. So the GS movement basically is the first movement that the world does, they have any right to the relationship to the word. So they say you're only a genius if you have 130, 140 IQ, and Mensa is nonsense. That's an arbitrary number. They have Stanford University to make you 1% of the population, which included in elitism. And the only way you know there is that the true origin of the word genius doesn't just apply to intellect. Mm-hmm. Even Einstein said, well, all geniuses, if you're to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you spend so life believing that it's stupid. Mm-hmm. But Robert Buckminster Fuller said, if every child is born a genius, how the process of life the genius is done. touch upon what's your thought okay what's your thought about this consciousness I'm going to be honest there's two movements going on there's a movement to make you think that the person is conscious but you see the actions they're not conscious then there's a movement of consciousness and so I wondered if you had seen different mask being shown with this new movement, this new conscious movement. What's your thoughts around that? That's a good, that's <laughs> a good question um, because there's a quote that says, nothing so much prevents one from being natural as a desire to be natural. Mm. And you get a lot of people that will posture and, you know, they're into, you know, people have a tendency to just kind of like jump on the bandwagon. Right. It's like, okay, What's in terms of the zeitgeist or the spirit of the time? What's happening right now? Oh, people are into we're in the age of the Aquarius. Oh, let me just get into astrology. Oh, oh we're in the age of this. Oh, let me get into that. And that really mm-hmm. program that develop the discipline of a monk without becoming one. Oh, <laughs> because you're not going through the practice of being a monk. You're not doing the praying. You're not doing the ritual. You're not doing the cycle. Yeah. What a lot of people will do is they will get into things just because it's the in thing. thing to do. That's right. right. And so I wouldn't see that necessarily as a movement. I would see that as a movement. You know, and people, and then the universe as well, because people get into things because it's ego-laden and 
know, it's all about look at me, you know, I'm big and I'm influential mm-hmm. and I'm a creative, you know, and, and uh, you know, again, nothing so much prevents one from being naturally as a desire to appear as such. And so it's one of those things where, you know, be who you are, Shakespeare's Polonius, you know, to thine own self be true. Be true. Be true to yourself. I mean, Polonius said in Shakespeare, you know, to, to thy own self be true in Hamlet. You know, mm-hmm. and so the thing you have to really look at your work as your ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, God has this amazing sense of humor. He gives us this so-called free will to do what we want to do. But the fine print reasons that you do what I instilled in you to do, you'll never be happy and you'll never have purpose. You know, and you see, the thing with there is that, you know, there are a lot more ordained ministers out of church than in church. Word. Absolutely. You know, um, a lot of people get that twisted. You see somebody flipping burgers, that's an ordained minister. Mm-hmm. You see somebody uh, cleaning toilets, that's an ordained minister. Mm-hmm. You see somebody that is uh, collecting your trash, that's an ordained mm-hmm. minister. You know, mm-hmm. um, your work is your ministry. There's no such thing as a menial job. That's an elitist driven work. You know, but um, yeah, to answer your question, you know, um, what I think of it, I think uh, a lot of it is rooted in uh, everybody just wanting to bandwagon their way into something so they can say that or feel a part of something so they can feel important and feel, you know, relevant and all of those things. But oftentimes that's not what they were ordained to do. Word. So we were ordained to do the things we do. Absolutely. That's right. And and and, and, and I think that and I'm gonna jump in, I'm gonna let you keep going. It's kind of like something I see and, and it's it's always interesting to me, especially living in New Orleans. I see and experience people who are conscious. They are priests and priestesses, and they are practicing the Yoruba. They're practicing, you know, Vodun, uh, uh, or they're practicing whatever ritual practice that they are doing. I always have to find myself being humbled so I can see. Okay, understand, I'm saying so I can really see what I'm experiencing. I'm not saying that all of them are not seers. They are attempting to deluge some folks in believing that they have a, a true sense. Now, that is unfortunate of me to even say that because I cannot really judge. I'm not in the proper place. That's true. A lot of people are like that, though. So, you know, you can... You can you can and you sit in, and I'm always in awe about how um the experience goes down because in my my kind of business these days you know you you'll meet people and you connect with them and then all of a sudden something goes down and the contact or the connection or the the honesty or the let me be clear all of a sudden it gets real foggy and sometimes I say, okay, spirit, so was that me or was that you? And he, and it doesn't matter if it was me or you. You protected me from something. You got you protected me from seeing something or knowing something exactly. for protection. So I already knew that. But you what know, you know that if you know where it's coming from, lean not towards your own understanding. Word. You know your ways and you will direct your path. You know, Valdez Trevino uh, said it best. He's an educator um, and black brother. He talks about the notion of narcissists and empaths. Mm. You know, um, everybody calls everybody narcissists and then everybody's an empath, right? Right. You know, and you know, he said, <laughs> and he basically stated that narcissists and empaths are just carnal mm. definitions to describe two spiritual beings that have always been since the beginning of time. Word. 
Okay. Mm. Uh, uh, the calls in the chosen. Mm. Impasse of prophets. Yes. That man describes as an impact. Right? So basically, impasse is just nothing but. Messengers. Not, nothing but. They're basically prophets and messengers that man basically describes on a carnal level as impasse. Narcissists, on the other hand, are the demonic chosen of Satan. Mm. It's the demonic spirit. It's the same thing with Jezebel. It's the same with, a, with an Ahab spirit. They're, they're demonic spirits. Right? Mm-hmm. So. You know, um, you know, so in other words, so narcissists are the demonic chosen of Satan, his elite, right, mm-hmm. to take out the prophets and messengers. That's what their, their job is, to take out the prophets and messengers. So, so there's also no such thing as toxic. Toxic is a carnal definition of a spiritual truth. We are mm-hmm. all you know, and everyone is toxic. Say that again. Just, just go for it. Say it one more time because that resident. That, uh, go ahead. Say it again. Just say it's it again. The carnal definition of a spiritual truth. We are all sinners. You know, um, everyone is toxic. Everyone Ooh. is called. Everyone is not chosen. You know, and so you know, even God says in the Bible, He says, you know, your righteousness is as filthy rags. Mm. It's all that fully showed of the glory of the Lord. Of the Lord, there's not one of you that is righteous. Not one. We were born in sin and raised in iniquity. Mm. So the bottom line is, and then God says in the Bible that you are not defiled by what comes in you, but you are defiled by what comes out of you. You know, and, and so here, here's what we preach in here. Check this out. I've seen, I've been seeing so many people. And, and I have to be real careful on Instagram and Facebook because I don't want to get it. I don't, you know, I, I'm real iffy. Here I am in this business and I really know that there's these energies out there that you got to be really careful about because they can attach themselves onto you. They placate like, oh, I'm trying to be holistic. But when people are talking about be careful of toxic people, because I'm like, look, yo, we all are that way. You, even though someone said, oh, I felt that your spirit was something. I, now, I know that my spirit will say to me, you listen to this person. You experience this person. Let them, let their residue. You hear what I'm saying? Let that residue be on you so you can sense the integrity of that person. Because their integrity, what they're saying is going to be out of touch with what they're saying right now. You will see you're going to see it. I wrote a quote where I said, you may hide your intentions, but your behavior was snitch. Mm. Right? Paul Mooney, mm. the audience is like wolves. They can sense it. Mm. Right? Uh, and, and, you know, God bless Paul Mooney who recently. Yes, that's shame. And so, so the bottom line is, you know, the audience is like wolves. You can sense it. They may hide their intentions, but their behavior would snitch, you know. And so, damn, see that—that's—that's that's real. That is so—that is just so dope. Because, say, you know, I always like to hear have people say it again. Say it again. Just say it again. Intentions, but your behavior would snitch. You know, I've been in the cult business for over forty years, so I'm dating myself. Well, you—you you and I both are, so I'm not gonna tell on you. It's one of my things. I mean, you know, everybody was born with a genius, right? Mm-hmm. And a genius seed. 
And uh, I've been in the quote business for, for over 40 years, and uh, I, I love it. I mean, you know, what got me into quotes is Ralph Waldo Emerson, because I was going around quoting everybody else. And then he talked about people that quote, this is what he said. He said, they are cowards who would rather quote a saint or sage than to say, I think. So that was the impetus for me writing my own quotes, and I've been writing my quotes since then. And and I'm I'm quoted around the world every now and then every single day. But you know, Bruce, I mean, the brilliance is, you know, I I want to I'm going to touch on this too because I I know that this it's kind of like I was thinking about I was talking to someone in the office about you, and I said, you know, I forgot that Brother Bruce has a Peabody Award. I said, um. You know, Bruce is this laid back, very humble. I mean, I, I, you know, one of the reasons I like it, I have a humble nature, but I also have, I'm gregarious. I'm a gregarious personality. But on the ultimate, I would much rather stay at home, do my cooking, do my writing. Last night I was playing music really late. And just enjoying old school music because I you started with our event last night with Still Waters Run Deep and I had to play that. Thank you much. I then I started getting into it and I said I know how I can craft this event now. I'm going to base it around music of our of our time, right? And and then I started putting it together and I went, whoa, what's going on? And then I went, thank you, Spirit. You just needed, I just needed to cleanse. I'm so laid back and so, I don't like, uh, I'm a very talented person, but my upbringing as a child was, oh, Madeira thinks, oh, Madeira thinks, oh, she can't, or she, you know, it was like, I was always the littlest one. And I always had like this, the, the naysayer, who she think, oh, what she think, oh, and it, and you know, it was kind of like, it was residue that continues to follow you. But with your transition from Death Jam poetry to Genius is Common, what was that like? Like, what was, what was that, was that like coming from whirlwind or was it, did you already, I, w- I would presume, and this is presuming because that's an ass on you and me, but I would sense that you already saw things were going to be changing. So that's my question. Did you see it? Good question. It was, a, it was quite a bit of a gap between when Death Coach Jam was around, which was a quarter of a century ago, to when the Jesus is Coming movement was downloaded into my spirit, which is 2014, to when it was downloaded into my spirit. And so for me, it, 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 it was nothing esoteric or anything like that. It was just more or less organic. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, that's the way I move and operate. I have three legacies under my belt. And every one of those legacies came about very organic. Mm-hmm. And it's just about you being obedient to spirit because obedience is greater than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so when you are tuned and turned and tapped into your spirit, that becomes a guidepost. It mm-hmm. guides you. Right. Mm-hmm. When you have, and then when you have the Holy Spirit on you, which I do by God's grace, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a gift. When you have the Holy Spirit, and you have an amazing relationship with God, and you have His Holy Spirit on you, it gives you the gift of discernment beyond this regular situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, when you have that Holy Spirit on you, it really gives you an opportunity to not. And you follow that. I'm not leaning toward my own understanding, but I'm acknowledging in all my ways. 
And as a result of that, he directs my path. Mm. Because at the end of the day, that's why I said God has this amazing sense of humor where he gives us the so-called free will to do what we want to do, but the fine print reasons that you do what I instilled in you to do, you'll never be happy and you'll never have purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. All I'm doing is this. I'm living a purpose in the life. I'm following my purpose, following my spirit, and I'm obedient to spirit. And that is what led me to that post jam in the first place, right? When it was downloaded and conceived into my spirit. And then that's what led me to creating the Bandana Republic, which is a literary anthology by gang members and affiliates. Okay. Short stories and quotes and interviews from gang members and affiliates those affiliated. You know, and then to Genius is Come. You know, um, which that started from one of my quotes. And so it's about being as aesthetics would say, turned in, tuned in, and tapped right. into right. you know, your, 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 that creative side of your right. source energy. She calls it source energy. I call it God. It's the God in us. It's the Spirit in us. Luke 17, 21 says, the Lord is the Lord there. Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Mm. Created in our own image. That's right. And some see our gods, but the little G. They're just gods, just goddesses. But it's embracing that. Right. When we embrace that, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it, it has so much to do, it, it has so much to do with your creativity. I mean, being in, in tune with the spirit is about the, the, the artistic. It's about the self-expression. It's about the doing. It's the voice. It's the, it's, it's every part of your body being used to, to praise. You know, it's like, it's like seeing a beautiful flower. If you see it, you have a flower in your house. It's like, that is like, to me, like, at that moment, I'm looking at God, because how can something so perfect be created? But then when you look at each of us as human beings, even in our raggedness and our raunchiness and our rawness and our vulgarity, there is still this beauty that resonates. And that's where I guess I kind of go, damn. Isn't that amazing that this person can do all of this, but then they have this other side that's like a saboteur. It's like a, it's like a, a seducer of yourself. It's like, hmm, you really don't, I don't think you can do that. You know, it comes out. that reminds me of that quote that we sabotage the very thing that we claim we want. And that's because of the fact that, you know, we, we, we have a lot of deep hurt and, you know, and we're very reticent towards, you know, um, you know, leaping out on faith or we're very reticent towards allowing ourselves to be open because we've been hurt before, mm-hmm. once been twice shy, you know, or we become jaded, you know, mm-hmm. in our past relationships. So, it really prevents us from wanting to like really um, love again. Mm-hmm. Love. I mean, mm-hmm. But Bob Martin said the best. You have to be willing to go, to go past that because to push past that because Bob Martin said the best. He said, truth is, everyone's going to hurt you. It's about finding the one worth suffering for. No matter who you go to next, there's always going to be the potential for you getting hurt. It's also, you're going to also going to. You know, it's, it's also, it's just about relationships. It's about learning each other, you know, um, learning each other's idiosyncrasies, 
letting enough time go by to be able to get a real good read on each other. You know, um, because a lot of times we get caught up in certain things that is external or very carnal, and we kind of miss the mark because we have to realize that when you're in a relationship with someone, especially at the very beginning, you're in the information gathering stage. Right. You must go past that. Yeah. Right? And so this information is, 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 is happening and things are happening and it's just going right past you because of the fact that you're so focused on the smelling the roses and the newness of the relationship. But that person is giving you red flags. Yeah, they are. They are. And, 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 and your job is to, I mean, this is when you kind of go, or as you get older, I will say, I look at the flags, I see them, and I chat with other people because usually it's situations happening in our company when we meet new members or new clients. And I say, I'm going to let this person be who they are. And I'm clear that I'm going to get residue on me, but I can, I can sustain that. I can, I can handle it because that's my job is to learn and experience people in their truest sense because as I learn to be a better creative, whether it's through my concepts of the paper dress or whether it's performing or whether it's doing my art or whether it's doing my jewelry, whatever that is, that experience is going to make my experience to be a better creative, to be more in sync. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's all, it's all about you being tuned and turned it and tapped into your spirit. Mm, absolutely. You know, when you, the more you do that, that becomes like a guidepost for you to be able to do your thing. Back on relationships, I wrote a quote where I said, when the facts outweigh your feelings, it's time to face the facts. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, you know, and, 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 and real talk, what a lot of people would do is they just really just get caught up in you know, um, just trying to just, they, they ignore the fact. They just ignore it. You know, and as a result of you ignoring it, that's not going to... It's not going to make it better. It's not going to make it better. You have to really, you have to really, uh, you know, you have to really just be real with who you are and, you know, what you're about. And then, you know, also, you know, this whole thing of, you know, people just being so open sexually, yeah. Like yeah. You know, it, it really, it really, yeah. They, they really don't get it that uh, when you do that, uh, you really put yourself at risk. These days, you really, even, even before these days, you did. Anyways, this is the point I want to say. Casual sex is not casual. As it always goes, with souls being tied and spirits being bonded. There's no such thing as casual sex. Well, when you sleep with someone, you know, you are basically, uh, that is a, that is a, that's a soul tie. Right. And that's their, and their previous soul ties to your soul ties. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all, they're all connected. And, 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 and you, and you know, it's kind of like the energy being transferred onto you. You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's such a deep thing being in a human, in a relationship with human beings. Um, I haven't got it down yet in my 60 some years, Bruce. I, and, and I'm excited that I haven't got it down because then I'd have so much more to live for. <laughs> I don't 
look like that. <laughs> because it's kind of like I am just in awe that it took me, you know, 50 years. I was with the same partner for 20 years of my life. And in meeting my husband, when I met my husband, I knew he was my husband. I mean, I didn't know at that moment. Then voice said, that's going to be your husband. And I went, oh, really? Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, I'll have to work. I said, I'll have to work on that. You know, I didn't know. I listened to spirit and I went, okay, that's what you're saying. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take that and just make that. Thanks, husband. Keeping your husband. My husband just brought some flowers in. Um, but yeah, while I'm talking, but it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's like a marriage. It's like any relationships that I'm doing with people. I have to start thinking when there's a conflict, why is there a conflict? Is there a power struggle? Is someone not getting that I'm trying to help them, but do they see me as trying to hurt them? So I have to have these kind of conversations with people I do business with who are especially close to me. Um, I have a circle of people who are very close, but then I have other people I try not to be because I have gatekeepers now. Um, yeah, from, from, energy, energy is very, very important. Yeah. When you're doing business with people, I don't care what it is. All money is not good. No, it isn't. All relationships aren't worth having. Right. We go back to toxic. We go back to that term toxic. You have to, you have to really watch the type of energy that you allow yourself to be tied to. Because mm. soul ties aren't just sexual, they're also relational as well. You can mm -hmm. have soul ties with people that's not just sexual. You yes. also have soul ties in business. Mm -hmm. You know, there's good soul ties and there's bad soul ties. Mm -hmm. You know, what we were talking about earlier. In terms of relationships, in terms of soul ties and, 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 and bonding, Dr. Daniel Amen, uh, you know, he's an authority um, in reference to the whole, the whole sexual energy. Mm -hmm. You know, basically stated that whenever a person is sexually involved in another, with another person, neurochemical changes occur in both their brains that, in, uh, that encourage limbic emotional bonding. So it's limbic emotional mm. bonding. So limbic bonding is the reason casual sex doesn't really work mm. when a whole mind and body have sex with someone. You know, that causes limbic bonding. And that's why when, that's a part of the soul tie. When you know, when that is so hard to break from that person because yes. you know like that person becomes a drug to you. Right? Right. You know, and it's and it's and it's and it's um you know, there's this thing called coupling. You know, the, the vaginal, the vagina produces a thick chemical. Yes, it does. Yeah. 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 That has actual mind control. Yes. In the male's brain. Yes. You know? And if a man is exposed to a woman's coupling, you know, over time, you should be able to change or remove or insert memories. And that's why mm. women being in a sexual position with a man, or vice versa, because it both works both ways. That's when they'll start whispering things and suggestions to each other. That causes that bond. Mm. See, that's powerful. I mean, when you when we think of connections, I'm going to go back to what you said. You know, I mentioned us seeing me seeing on Instagram, Facebook, people saying, "Be careful of toxic people. Stay away from toxic people." Well, 
you can't because yes. it's part of life. You can avoid you know you can keep you can you can work it you can come you could want no drama i mean that's that's clear you want things a little certain you know like i understand that you know it's kind of like um you want to but toxic people are part of the world and that's also part of that disguise you know that that we were i was thinking of earlier is that there's also four story there's also four stories to one view but You're, how often do we see all four stories we often guess we also react to one and sometimes we can't react to the one because some people buy into the first one without looking at the second in relationships at least the very beginning, you have to remember and remind yourself that you're in the information gathering stage. That's right. You have to let enough time go by to gather that information so you can put all of those things together. And then also, you know, you have to evenly go within your relationship. Word. You know, Van said it best. And I knew Van Zandt said that's a thing. You attract, I mean, yeah, that's a thing. Because you attract who and what is on your way. As the hit things, you're attracted by your vibrational counterpart. Yes. You know, and Pierre Schneider said, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Right. Dr. Wayne Dyer said, it's not the notes that makes the music, it's the silence in between the notes that makes the music. So we're like tuning folks. So you get a lot of people that are in relationships and they're unevenly yoked. Yes. They're on whole, whole different vibrations. It's not going to work. Like is joined to like. Opposites don't attract that same chemistry that are in relationships. So that doesn't mean you have to be 100% perfect with a person. No, we all are a combination of so many different yes. things. And that's why yeah. I said when the voice said, you know, when someone is in your life, you are you have someone in your life which is a sum total of who they were, Word. who they are, and who they are becoming. Word. Preach you know it. Them? Preach it. Yeah. So, so, you know, you have to be open to that. Because mm. the bottom line is, what is the natural recourse? Oh, I don't like the way you treated me. You hurt my feelings. I'm going to jump to somebody else. And then they hurt your feelings. Then you jump to somebody else. And that's why I used the Bob Marley code when I said, when he said the truth is, everyone's going to hurt you. It's about finding one one worth suffering for. And that is where we, we, we come at as human beings is how much can you tolerate of someone or how much can you take in of someone or how can you view someone if you are in turmoil and you're in a relationship and when you came into it it wasn't that it was always there you just didn't see it you didn't play it you didn't listen to the cues and also maybe it's your path to change and some of us have to change right because some people come into you and they're your teachers and then you go into Right, because sometimes you walk into someone's relationship as the teacher, and then you shift, and they become your teacher. And so it's very important to to have that give and take. But, my thing is, my thing in reference to that. What a world of rules. But as long, what would determine if you stay or go is on your values, your core values, and your standards, right? That's the deal with yeah. If somebody violates your standards or your core values, that should be a deal breaker. 
what a lot of people will do, they will compromise on their values. They will compromise on their standards and they'll stay in that relationship. No. Mm-mm. You should never do that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, so what I'm saying, all I'm saying, all I can say to you, it's normal to be in a relationship with someone you have been fighting, and, you know, along mm-hmm. with certain areas. That's Because that's you're looking at another part of you. You're learning yourself. <laughs> yes. so learning she's teaching you, he's teaching you. Right. Teaching you. You're learning a lot about yourself. It's like when you get into a relationship, school is in. Right? Right. So you're learning about yourself, they're learning about themselves. But, again, I want to emphasize the notion of both people being evenly yoked. Word. Because that will give the relationship that much more, it will give that much more of a fighting chance. You know, and then also, a lot of people don't get into or don't know their signs and not into that. Signs really play a part. Yeah, like they when do. When you were born and the time you were born plays a very big part in time in terms of your personality, you know, in terms of the 12 houses you're born, mm-hmm. what your whole personality is. So, you know, I'm a Virgo, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. So my son is Virgo, and I'm a moon in Capricorn. So my moon is my personality. Mm-hmm. Well, the Capricorn is, you know, the rising, you know, the goat, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's the sign that's the goat, it gives me the goat. You know, and, and it's, you know, you got the earthy part of it, but then you got the, it's rising. It's all about going up and moving it up, you know, and then it's ruled by Saturn, you know, so, you know, that's a planet of, a planet of restriction. You know, so then you got to know who you're ruled by in terms of the astrology. If realize if you realize the fact that even in the Bible, we're dealing with numbers. Mm-hmm. Or, um, so everything is, is when you were born, what, you know, what your chart looks like. You know, those are real Relevant. I don't get into no tarot reason, tarot reading. That's now get into none of that. But I just get into more the science of when we were born, when the moon. Mm-hmm. All those things play really part. Numbers and numerology. All those are real. Yeah, they are. And it is a science. There is a whole science to it. Um, science to it, and it's, it is very factual too. It's very very factual. 